Hey, this is Ronja Kaminski from the Pinpricks. Greetings from Germany, and you are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. You are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. All right, welcome to the, you know, Jerry, where are we at? We are at the Freeform Rock Podcast, man. Yeah, man. So what's going on, guys? Nothing, man. How are you guys doing? Fine. Charles? Good. Hey, man. Where are we at, brother? Fuck, I don't know. Where are you at? I'm at, but... Hey, turn on uh, we are at with the free form rock <laughs> podcast nation here America's podcast motherfuckers better recognize so what's the episode today what are we doing today Jerry? we are doing the debut of one of the probably the, one of the best debut albums of all time and that's Boston's uh, first record I mean just an outstanding still today relevant record in my opinion man um, of course, you know, written and engineered by the great Tom Schultz, man. Freaking musical genius. Basically written, all the demos are basically just written in his basement. And they pretty much used all those demos on the album. Um, except for maybe Let Me, uh, Let Me Take You Home Tonight, another one, I think. But yeah, it was basically all recorded down there, all written, and, you know, all the instruments are basically played by Tom and I know Fran and Barry played a couple tracks on there. Sid Haitian played the majority of the drums, but it was basically Tom's uh, uh, brainchild, and it's fucking legendary. This, he actually shopped this thing around, and nobody was interested at first, and there's a lot of people fucking regretting that, man. I think Epic finally picked it up, and uh, the rest is history about that. We all know how, you know how big this album ended up being. Um, unless you've been under a rock for the last 48, 50 years and never heard of this album, um, <laughs> uh, listen to it because it's a damn good record. I mean, I grew up listening to every song on this album on the radio. I mean, it's not a bad song on it. Um, you know, it's, and it continues today to be one of my favorite albums. Um, and let me point out the singer Brad Delp, who is one of the best singers ever in rock history. Um, we unfortunately celebrated the 16th year of his passing. Um, still, still sad and tragic what happened there. Um, legendary singer. Him and Tom, his voice and Tom's guitar playing, man, were a match made in heaven. Um, I'm glad we still have, you know, the ability to listen to this stuff all the time when we want to because it's classic. And I don't think it's ever going to die, man. It's this, his, this album here especially is going to live on for a long time, man. It's a geniusly written album and perfect album, in my opinion. Yeah. What do you guys think? Well, Charles, what do you think? You want to go last, Charles? No, I mean, I can go ahead. Okay, I mean, sure. this came out in what, 76? Late 76 or fall 76, yep. if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I had a few health problems when I was a youngin, so I don't know if it sharpened my memories earlier in life than they should be but i definitely remember these songs from back then i mean and even though i was a little tyke 
in the 70s. I still remember the stuff. And I mean, what else can you say, man? I mean, uh, it's pro- possibly the greatest debut album ever. I mean, it's it's rubbing elbows with a lot of other, some other great ones, but man, it's up there. And uh, I don't want to give away too much of what I feel about this record, but I will say listening to it today was not a chore. And also, I will give one spoiler. This is definitely the best album I've reviewed on Freeform so far. So, Well, you did have Damn Yankees. But <laughs> I do, and I do love that album. But uh, and Mascara Sue. Better. <laughs> hey, what was better, Damn Yankees or Mascara Sue? Damn Yankees. Thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to get that away. I don't know. This album is like, you know, like people say, this album's in my DNA. It's like, it's like I think this album's been with me my whole life, <laughs> even though it came out after when I was six. You know, it's like I just know this album. I just like. And when they came back for third stage, I was like, shit, it took a long ass time. <laughs> what the, I forgot about that till third stage came out and fucking Amanda was every fucking where, dude. They just had like a yeah. third life there. But then after that, they went to shit. Uh, but I, and we did review a uh, third stage on this podcast. We want to go back in the archives with the great Lee. Uh, so check that debut, that album out. But, uh, and this is just the, I, agree with Charles I put it up there and like one of the best debuts of all time and like Zeppelin and Sabbath and fucking Motorhead fucking Tesla you know all those debut albums I like you know fucking great shit and Guns N' Roses you yeah know. it's one of, one of those albums you hear every song on it on the radio yeah. you know it's kill them all <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's just an immaculate record i mean i hate giving away so much but it's it's just one of those awesome awesome records i will say though and unfortunately i at one point in my life i had to listen to classic rock radio a lot and man they burnt me out on this at one time because they practically play it all on every classic rock channel no matter where you live you guarantee to get boston who else bad company if you live down south of the Mason Dixon, 38 Special and Skinnerd. Oh, I love 38 Special and Skinnerd. Yeah. Live up, you're going to get more Bob Seeger and Skinnerd. Yeah. But, I mean, at one point in my life, I did get a little burnt on this. But I, I advise anybody, if they ever are burnt on this, take, take, it, take a break from it. Give it a little while and then pop it back in and then see how you feel. I don't know. This isn't burned out to me because unlike you guys, I didn't listen to a lot of radio. As, as soon as I got a cassette player and Columbia House, as we talked about before, and a BMG, I basically played what I wanted to hear. I was my own DJ, so I never got burned out of this album ever. Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, it's like, I don't want to give away anything. But yeah. But no, what Charles says, I understand what he's saying. If you don't listen to it a while and you, yeah. a couple months, Day, you put it on it's like holy shit it's still amazing you know what i mean i feel Look sorry that. i feel sorry for your radio listeners out there because <laughs> i hear this story so many times oh this got burned out i could never want to hear it again but it's great so I'm blah 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 and i'm like 
fuck me. I got a Walkman and a boombox. I played my own shit. I didn't listen to the radio anymore, man. So I never got burned out of anything. It's like standard. Yeah, it's like standard issue on classic rock radio. Oh, I know. Have- if I listen to it, it's there. But um, I will say this, though. MTV I- did burn me out of songs, though. <laughs> I never realized that. Hell, this is a coup. I mean, it was a coup to be able to see Boston with Brad Delp. I didn't even know that. Uh, there's a few people I've met that are like, I didn't see him with Brad Delp. I'm like, yeah, what? I, I saw him in 88 with uh, yeah. Third Stage Show with Night Ranger opening for him. But, but a big thing, though, is that, I, and I don't try to, I do, well, we don't have much to brag about in the Cleveland area, but this was another band broken in Cleveland, basically. Their first tour was done in Cleveland and Columbus and places like that. So it makes totally good sense that any time they hit the road, they were going to hit Cleveland. Man, you said Cleveland. I had a good joke. I was going to go, well, they do have the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame. <laughs> well, I mean, but we broke uh, that our radio station broke Rush, Springsteen. I know. So don't tell big, me Cleveland. Big, yeah. and, he, and he got WKRP almost around that area in Cincinnati. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cleveland Radio did launch a lot of bands. Yeah. yeah. About them you know playing their music before everybody else was of a few bands so yeah that's cool yeah and helped do their part with this record and and this band so that made sense that later on you know i saw them on the greatest hits tour in 97 and of course they came there i mean it's they always held that that you know high regard and remembered that so yeah you know it's another one we're kind of proud of that yeah, we broke Boston first. Not even in Cle- not even in their own city. We broke them first. That was cool. I think Triumph got broke in Texas. <laughs> There's still Probably. a town there that was like sellout stadiums for them. I'm like, damn. I love fucking yeah. Triumph. Ugh. I never got to see them either. I never got to see Boston. Well, Dio. I saw Dio thing. in Queensryche, but coolest thing about this band and this album is it's so seventies, but yet. So timeless at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's unique. No, I'm just saying it's so unique because it is of its era, but yet you can listen to it today and it would be, if it was brand new today, it would be the best rock album out today. Of course, there's not much to compete against, though, to be honest. But man, it's so fucking great. Yeah, Tom Schultz is so smart. That he never thinks anything is perfect. So that's why it takes a long fucking time to release albums. Uh, Don't Look Back got released two years after this album because of record company pressure. And he said, that album is incomplete. I wasn't done with it. (laughs) It's two years later, dude. That that was a fucking another brilliant album, too. Yeah, but he hates it. (laughs) He fucking hates it because it wasn't done. (laughs) I dig it, so... Well, I dig it too, but talk, you know, these, these people with genius minds that have OCD are fucking never satisfied with anything they do. Even if the fans eat it up, they say, oh, I well, fucking hate that song. He invented the Rockman uh, amp, yeah, headphone yeah. amp. MIT graduate. Right, your fucking precious nine arm used to record hysteria with. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. True story. They yeah. used it. Yeah. You, you can still buy 
little amps today if you want. And uh, I mean, yeah, he's a brilliant he person. Pedals too. He's an engineer and all these different things. I mean, and I, I, when we get into it, I think you know. Again, I don't want to give too much away, but he's not a fucking uh, somebody to, sh to. He's not somebody to make fun of on that guitar either. No, in no. any way, shape, or form. No. Uh, so uh, I have a question for both of you guys, and then we'll get into the album. I want to know because they did put one of Charles's favorite bands in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame off one fucking album, uh, fucking the Sex Pistols, right? Even though yeah. we yeah. all hate the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame, but argument's sake, shouldn't they do that for Boston's first album? Man, I'm, well, I mean, who would you put in? I mean, it's just Tom Schultz, basically, all you can really put in. Brad you could possibly obviously put Brad in, of course, but, I mean, would you give the other guys in there as well? I'm I mean, they did, they, they did do some parts of the first two albums. Even on third stage, Fran Sheehan co-wrote "Cool the Engine," so I guess he could do. You could nominate that lineup. I but guess. I'm just saying, if you just compare the first album for Boston to Nevermind the Bullets, shouldn't they just be in for this album? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the question. Probably. That's yeah, a, but that's a tough. Um, Thing for them to do on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I would think. Um, <laughs> I don't know how. Oh man, I, I don't, I've never even heard their name even mentioned for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yep. Think of it, which is terrible, <laughs> tragic. Because you got the fucking elitist. They're the real elitist, Charles. <laughs> so that's. Yeah. I'd never wanted to put Journey in, but Journey got too big. They had to. And uh, this is the thing with Boston. Boston isn't as big as Journey now. So there's no pressure for the Hall of Fame to even consider this band. That's my thoughts. Yeah. And to be honest with you, Tom Scholz, I don't think he really gives a shit whether he's a right. Rock Famer. So. Yeah. So, Charles, do you think anything about that? I mean, who gives a damn? I know, but it's just an argument thing. Like, if we had a real no, Rock it, and Roll Hall of Fame, this band should have been in there. They live on forever, and, and, you know, like I said, they're fucking on every classic rock channel in the United States. They're better no than Dr. Dre. They, well, that's a whole different genre. Let's not... <laughs> but they're in the Hall of Fame. Okay. <laughs> but, well, I mean, NWA, that was a kind of hallmark album there, but... I love it. I'm not going to say... I don't know, man. I don't... They don't ask me. I wish they would ask me. If they ask me, fucking Ringo wouldn't be in a goddamn sideman category. Neither would Judas Priest or whatever the fuck they're in. And all these other things, but I mean, really, I don't care. I, You know I have a d damn hard time with that because it was such a shot of civic pride for us to get that museum. And the museum is definitely worth visiting. Oh, I heard that. that I guess we see it's way better than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Whoever says, yeah, whoever says, oh, fuck that. Well, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But as far as how these people get put in there and shit, yeah, it's fucking horseshit. Green Day first look. <laughs> Over <laughs> Boston? Another thing. There you Day. go. I mean, the Sex Pistols, yeah, but they also fucking wrote a letter and said, shove it up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which, 
makes me love him even more. But I mean, I thought there was just, only Johnny Rotten. The other guys went. Well, I think I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody Steve went. Steve Jones didn't go. Oh, okay. I don't think so. I don't remember. I don't know. It don't really matter. It, who, who gives a shit? Well, I like seeing the performances. <laughs> Axel told the fuck off too. Oh, That's yeah. the only thing about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is he yeah. maybe the good concert, you know. And that I mean, was I, that was the worst fucking performance of Van Halen songs ever by Velvet Revolver. And I love me some Slash. I love me some Duff. I love me some Scott yeah. Whelan. Yeah. And, and they got more. up there and they just like they tried to do fucking some fucking lead with Eddie and Slash got pissed and walked off the stage and it was over. <laughs> <laughs> Slash couldn't do any Eddie Van Halen. That was so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I think he got pissed off and they just walked it off sucks. and I was like, what? <laughs> it sucks because this is a Hall of Fame band, even though it's more of a touring band, but you had a recording different kind of deal. I, I, that's the weirdest thing about this band is that it's the motherfucker with that huge ass afro who was uh, the Rock's father-in-law. By Sid the way, Hayden. yeah, the Rock is married to his daughter. Sid Hayden, really? Ashman? Yeah. Dang. Her name is Lauren. Dang. That dude has fucking groovy fro. I wonder. Man. I wonder if we'll get any Boston in the fucking uh, Young Rock. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no. But yeah, he's married to uh, the drummer, and he had that huge fro. Yeah, huge, that shit was massive. <laughs> Probably the most massive fro going in in the seventies. But but man, I mean, yeah, they should get in. I think they should get in if you believe in that kind of thing. I, I at this point, hey, dude, when Kiss got put in, I was done. I didn't care anymore. Whoever else went in, I don't give a. We we'll always have to go to anymore. Kiss. Mission accomplished. I mean, hey, they do rush too, they do man. Have... Rush, rush took a long time to get the fuck in there. And guess what? When they got in, they were in L.A. and fucking the back row was all Rush fans. I haven't seen a, a contingent of fans get into a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to celebrate the band getting in. Rush fans were there in force. Just wanted to say that. I mean, they do have like uh, they do nominate like writers and engineers too, don't they? Yeah, and producers and stuff like that. He might get in somehow in the back door that way. Tom Schultz will, but I don't think Boston, the band, will ever be. Oh, that would fucking suck. But You know, I don't give oh. a shit. You know why? Because Dr. Uh, Fuck says, my Hall of Fame is my vinyl and my CDs. So that's truth. Yeah. And it's not just that. I mean, even though you didn't choose to listen to radio a lot, again, they live on forever, man. They fucking play probably to right now as some classic rock channel. Yep. They're playing one of these songs right now yep. as we're speaking. I should turn on so they live and on. see what it's playing. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> so, that. I don't, I don't like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I do like the museum, though. Yeah, I, I want to go to Cleveland one day, man. Uh, after this episode, we're, we've already met at Rock, rock and Pod. So, hi, guys. Uh, so, uh, let's get into this album, shall we? Right? Anything yeah, else to man. say, guys? Nope. Ready. We, we're starting from the 1976 Boston debut. This does not sound like a debut, as we already discussed. So, we get into the big song that I know is played everywhere. I think it was on MTV a lot, the old footage of this. 
More than a feeling. Let's start with you, Jerry, since you picked this album. You want to go last or second, Charles? I don't matter. Okay. <laughs> More than a feeling, man. What a fucking great tune this is. I love the fade-in intro with the the double-tracked uh, electric 12-string and acoustic at the same time. Love the sound of it. Um, fucking, uh, well, I think uh, one of the, it was, I forget what Megan, it was probably Rolling Stone, which really isn't my favorite, but it's one of the top 100 songs ever. Um, it's got a beautiful, ver beautiful uh, lyrics in the verses, man, and a great melody. Outstanding lead work. Um, and one of the most underrated things that people don't talk about is Tom's bass lines. If you can, like, you know, just hear the bass lines in this song, and any songs on this album, it's fucking amazing, dude. Just another, it's a brilliant song, perfect song, perfect intro, love it. All right, man, so I'll go next. Stone Cold Classic, if people haven't heard this song, were you hiding in a fucking cave? Oh, man, such great vocals. Delp. Fucking, fucking amazing singer. Doesn't get enough credit for his vocals. I put him up there with Mickey Thomas, man. Fucking great. Fucking high. And Steve, and uh, fucking, what's his name? Uh, Sticks. Dennis DeYoung. Put them up there, man. His top, like, fucking high vocalist. And, well, and also Jeff Tate. Queen's right. The guitar tone and harmonies. This is a little fucking perfect song. Charles. Well, from the iconic fade-in. To the angelic voice of Brad Delp and the soaring guitars of Tom Schultz. This is quite possibly the best song of the 70s right here. It's up there for sure, I would say. Kurt Cobain was always worried that Smells Like Teen Spirit sounded too much like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, sorry. Well, that was hilarious. Well, it's true. Well, he's an idiot. <laughs> Go ahead. But hell, this is a rewrite of Louie Louie, but it's much better. Absolute fucking perfection. And I got to wonder about people that don't like this masterpiece. Never get tired of this song, ever. So. All right, man. So uh, I'm going to start with you again, Charles. I'm going <laughs> to say one thing about this song. The cool thing, the structure of that song was so different from any song from that era because when they went to the verse to the chorus, it was like this, you know, this long little guitar, mini little guitar solo. And then they did the rhythm riff for a couple bars, and then the chorus came in. Uh, that was like a, a different style back then of, you know, of, of recording, of, you know, structuring a song. And it was just, it worked. It was brilliant. Oh, yeah, and it's not a joke, man. Cobain was worried that he would get sued because the riffs are too similar. It's different chords, but it's definitely structured the same. I, yeah. When I listen to the Smell Like Teen Spirit, I do not think of more than a feeling. So. No, I don't either, but I, I can it's get true. It. I'm not lying. But when I listen he to Danny Californians <laughs> and fucking Tom Petty's uh, Last Dance of Mary Jane, I do hear that. <laughs> This is reference. It is, it is the same chords as Louie Louie in the uh, but it's so much better. Louis it is so much. 
Louie Louie is such a punk song if you think about it, because they're slurring their words to cuss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess music, though. So. Yeah. They were the rebels, man, and nobody gives the key. Well, let's rock on, man. Let's go on, man. Then we get to Peace of Mind, which I almost picked, but there's a song on here that's more to my liking because of my personality. So we get to Peace of Mind. Let's start with you, Charles. Well, the song's ushered in with some nifty acoustic work by Delp. And then it kicks into that classic guitar attack this band is known for. Just a fantastically upbeat song. Everything, man, again, works. That dual guitar solo is fantastic. And it's all Tom Schultz. Schultz is as underrated of a guitar player as anyone on the fucking planet. Yeah. No momentum lost. Just fucking brilliant. And he plays within the song. Yep. Some people, you know, like the old hair metal stuff. They just start doing a solo when it... What the fuck? Why is there a solo here? Britney Fox? Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, Jerry, what do you think? Of bring... Mine. Sorry, Charles. Go ahead. <laughs> Charles. No, I just say, oh, yeah, bring them clowns up. <laughs> Leave well, them out. They, 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 they just put a solo wherever they felt like it. <laughs> They're not even in the same stratosphere as this fucking band. Oh, of course. That's why I was making fun of them. Gotta... <laughs> Jerry, what Pretty do you think of Peace of Mind? Fucking brilliant acoustic opening, man. One of the best ever written, in my opinion. I've been Charles mentioned the dual leaves on this song are fucking, you know, tits up, man. Fucking brilliant. Um, again, another freaking staple of, say, a classic rock. And you might hear it, you know, elsewhere, you know, but mostly on classic rock radio, but still, it's a fucking great tune. Their second single, I think they, re I think they released it as a single, if I remember right. Just a fucking outstanding team, man. We're five for five in the first two songs. As a matter of fact, there might be not too many, you know, not yeah, too many. Peace, Peace of Mind was the last single. Yeah. Was it the last single? Okay. Um, April 4th, 1977. Yeah. I mean, come on. This is another freaking masterpiece, dude. I mean, what else more can you say? But I was reading from Wikipedia, and Lee's like fucking shaking his fist at me right now. Fuck you, Mark. Nah. <laughs> All right. Wikipedia makes some, but they're most they're most of the time. Right. Least, you know, I yeah. donate two bucks to them every year to keep it going because I use them what a lot. Guy. What a guy! I'm not a fucking. I don't steal, dude. If somebody's giving me something that I find useful, I'll pay them for it. So I <laughs> their drive every year. I donate, donate to Wikipedia, bitches, because most of you fucking podcasts use it. Don't fucking lie. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Let me tell you a little side note there. I'm actually not by name, but I've lived two Wikipedia articles, literally, and they were both way accurate. So, all right, let's go. All right, peace of mind. True story. I'll tell you, uh, well, you will already know at this point because we had been in Nashville. All right. All right, so uh, peace of mind. I almost picked this song. Because it kind of is my favorite on here. But I don't want to pick one that was more of my personality. So I didn't pick it. This is my favorite song with the album. Striper does do a killer cover of this song. And Michael Sweet did be, was in Boston for years. So uh, taking over for Brad Delt. Fucking amazing singer. New album rules. Fucking uh, I love this song. The harmonies are on fire. 
lyrics are inspiring. Uh, these are the lyrics, man. Now, if you're feeling kind of low about the teacher with pain, future's coming much too slow. And if you want to run, but somehow you just keep on staying, can't decide which way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand about indecision, but I don't care if I get behind people living in competition. All I want is to have my peace of mind. God fucking those lyrics. Nobody can write that today. Nobody could write, let's fucking, dude, the lyrics are lyrics. It's not repeating its shit. But if you're gonna keep going, the part I like is that. Take you about Yes. Look. God damn, that's a fucking great song. Fucking Tom, Tom is just playing fucking out of his mind on this. Leads a perfectly place. Does not slow down this song at all. Man, what a genius. Man, fucking Tom Schultz, man. Fucking Tom Schultz. This is all him, dude. And fucking Brad Delp's voice is just fucking angelic <laughs> as fuck. This song rules. Man, let's get to the next song. Which, because, like you guys say, classic radio plays this shit all the time. So nobody picked that. Thank you. Uh, for, I do, but I do love it. Like I said, I don't have classic rock burnout but this is the last song on side one if you have the vinyl so three songs on side one so four play long time jerry holy shit another just a classically brilliantly written tune man fucking tom without ham and organ and four or, uh four plays just cool as hell sounding you know the way it goes dun 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 then you hear the fucking organ go down like a little scale fucking just brilliant Remember when you picked uh, Long Time on the on the Freeform Rock Show on ThatMetalStation.com? I yeah. added four play. We have to. <laughs> and those two were like, you know, intertwined. Man. But uh, in the, if you've ever seen Boston Live, they do an extended version of four play, and it just sounds fucking great. Um, that one, it, it, it gets past that, and then we get to the song Long Time, Holy crap, man, how it starts out. You know, get that real silent couple seconds. Then you hear Tom with the slides on the string on his guitar, making that wind sound. Then how it kicks in. Dun, 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 Holy shit, does that not fucking just make you want to fucking fist pump for, you know, high in the fucking air? It's fucking brilliant. Ah, God, I'm fucking, I'm getting a boner here, guys. Sorry. Yeah, that song makes you want to come. Come on, man. Jeez. I mean, it's just a fucking brilliant song, dude. It's been such a long time. Fucking Brad's vocals on that one. Probably his best vocal on the album, in my opinion. Um, even little things like the clapping, just all those little, thing, little things in that song just fucking go perfectly, man. Another brilliant five out of five song. All right, man. So I'm going to let you go last on this one, Charles, since I did last time. Oh man, right. this is uh, I can foreplay long time. What I can, dude. Okay, kitties, if you're checking this episode out and never heard Boston, you need to stop listening to this episode. Pause it and go listen to this song right now, and then come back because this fucking song is so fucking perfect. This song fucking rules. 
And I know when I play these songs for 20-year-olds at work, they go, what? Because they're used to that Cardi B, man. But when yeah. I play them this, they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And this has happened. True story. These fucking 20-year-old kids, I'm fucking always getting them into music. Trying to get them to subscribe to our podcast. Also, I got like four at least. <laughs> but uh, you guys need to start giving us some five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, bitches. We haven't had one in over a year. Just fucking going. So, Charles, what do you think of foreplay a long time? Well, this is the epic song on the record. And uh, for some reason, this is the one I still suffer a bit of fatigue from the classic rock radio. But it doesn't mean I don't like it. I mean, I do like it a lot. And uh, it has all that hallmarks of greatness. And it ruled live. Like Jerry said, yeah. uh, when I seen him, Joel played a huge fucking giant pipe organ. Yeah. Damn. Like Matt. And uh, it was fucking something. Um, but I don't know if foreplay quite fits with the song to me. Uh, I, I don't oh, know. My heart. <laughs> it, it's the only one where, I mean, I love. Yeah, I know your heart's going to be hurt, but. I do love the song, but it, it, I don't know if it's because of that. It's still that classic rock radio thing or some shit. It has to be. They, they love this one. They love it on the classic rock radio, man. And, I mean, I still like it, but if I was probably to say, eh, I'm going to go next, it would be on this one, I know. I know it's a damn shame. But I do like it, though. It's awesome. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Dude, how those two songs interconnect is just awesome. I do. I know. For some reason, it just doesn't uh, seem to fit me for some reason. But, no, I, but I like it. That's weird. No, I fucked up. It wasn't this song that you divided. It was the one on third stage, Cool the Engines, the song before Cool the Engines, Jerry. So uh, I put that one in. Because this song goes together, and that was awesome. They didn't make four plays. No, yeah, track. That that was cool, and you're right. Those two go together, too. Yeah. But four play a long time does it's, go together. It's one song, so. Yeah. But uh, it was the one before Cool the Engines. I forgot what that was, the instrumental before that. A lot. Yeah. So then we, I guess they just wore this out wherever I lived. Yeah, I guess so. And then we flip this bitch over if you have the vinyl, and we get to rock and roll band. Charles, what do you think of this one? Now, yeah, thank you, actually. Now, this one... I never get burnt out on. Biographical song, I guess, because it was just three people, but and five. I man, I don't know. But it does seem biographical. And it fucking rocks for sure. It's uh ironic is only sla uh slash Shoals Delp and the original drummer, Jim Mazdia. Jim Mazdia, yeah. He, they appear on the track only. Another staple of classic rock radio, but this is a great track. Slight middle of the pack for this album, but it doesn't mean it doesn't rule because it fucking does, man. Love this fucking song. All right, and then I'll go. Jerry, you go last on this one. So I'm trying to mix it up, not trying to be uh, like fucking stagnant. So this song, man... It, Flip over to side two. Uh, like I say, 
rock radio play this a lot and i didn't really listen to a lot of rock radio well written favorite thing man the the, the con the fucking lyrics kick ass rock and roll band everybody's waiting get ready anticipating love and music play 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 yeah let's get your toes tapping like my ex co-host would say so then we move to you jerry what do you think about it fuck another great song usually it's their standard opener Alive. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is it? I don't. I thought Tom said that wasn't autobiography. By, uh, autobiography. By, uh. I'm not 100% sure about that. You might be right. I don't know. But yeah. I didn't know. But, but it's a fucking great, well, great tune. And, I, and Charles, you're right what you said. It could be a middle of the pack song on this album, but a middle of the pack song on this album. It, fucking amazing so <laughs> with totally. that said, man it's a great fucking opening to side two on the album love it yeah and then uh that's it on that one and we get to smoking which oh. is this is the song i picked instead of peace of mind because you know what i'm smoking some weed here in california so here's smoking on the freeform rock podcast <laughs>
That was the first song any of us have picked on this album so far. <laughs> That's fucking cool. It's all start since I I fucking picked Smokin' Man. Killer guitar riffs to start the song. Man, I love to choke and I love to keep on choking, baby. Let's get lit. Now, people who smoke, pause this song and take some bong grips and then start it over again and then get lit. The organ is fucking amazing. The background vocals is amazing. Like Brad and fucking the organ are the star of this fucking song. This fucking song rules. Let's go to you, Jerry. Uh, you nailed it, dude. That middle, that middle portion of the song where it's just, I mean, it's just instrumental and it's fucking so cool. It's cool sounding, dude. Um, Tom's organ. Uh, that doesn't sound good. Tom's organ, excuse me. <laughs> Tom's, Tom's hand organ. What are you organ. thinking about? I didn't know you were gay. Fucking, it's just brilliant. I mean, another freaking great written tune, man. I fucking love it, man. Another five out of five. Charles. Well, now, this is one of my favorites on the record. Another track featuring Schultz and Delp, but this time with Sib Ashian? Yeah, I, I think, think so. Is she in? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. On drums this time around. Great organ on the track, and what a group <laughs> and swing to this track. You said organ. That's what it was. <laughs> I know, because Jerry said that I had to keep the joke going. All right, go ahead, Charles. What a groove and swing to this one. Yeah. Unfortunately, it gets overlooked a bit, as this matches the title perfectly. Just a fantastic rock song, period. All right, then we go to the next song. Let's see. Jerry, you picked Hitch a Ride, right? Yep. So his, here's Hitch Ride on the Freeform Rock Podcast. There's night in New York City Smoke like water runs inside
All right, Jerry, why did you pick Hits a Ride? Because the song fucking kicks total ass. Every, it starts out with that kick-ass acoustic uh, riff, but every chorus, I mean, every verse, the, the, the guitar playing changes to another type of riff. It's just incredibly written song again. In my opinion, the guitar solo is Tom Schultz's best solo ever. Um, again, a staple of classic rock. I'm repeating myself every time I say it. Brad's vocals on this sound are, song are fucking off the wall. Boom, man. Stone Cold Classic. Five out of five again. Yeah, if the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame had some integrity, this band would have been in 20 years ago. But Charles, what do you think about it? One of the more chill numbers on the album. Uh, this song oozes 70s cool. And Brad's vocal harmonies are just beyond reproach. I'm going to one-up you right now. He pushes Freddie Mercury, oh. in my opinion. I for agree the with you on that. Yeah, Definitely a sleeper of a track, and I enjoy it very much. Schultz's guitar outro as well and man that ain't nothing to sleep on either man as one of the best so best solos ever in my opinion dude yeah I, I, I agree with you on that it's a fucking great song so then i go this is one of the best guitar on this album man fucking tom with his pedals fucking making that solo sing like you guys have been talking about the best solo I'm wondering when I die and I go to heaven, will this be this fucking solo I hear up in heaven as I'm walking into the pretty gates? It's a fucking amazing fucking solo, man. I agree with both of y'all on that, man. My God, I even put it up there like I'm walking through in St. Peter's there and I'm not Catholic, by the way. But it's St. Peter's there and I'm fucking hearing yeah. a solo to hitch a ride as I'm walking in. <laughs> Yeah, he's got down his little fucking portable radio next to him and walking. Oh, shit. <laughs> what, what would, you know, let's get off topic a little bit like we do. Charles, what would be your walking in the heaven song? I mean, I didn't know I was going there. Uh, well, you didn't it just came up. <laughs> uh, pra, the solo? Anything, anything that you walk into heaven and it's like, it's like, I bet it's Oasis, right? <laughs> no. no. Uh, hell, I don't know. That's some crazy shit. We ain't going nowhere by P. Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even a P. Diddy fan, but I just like that. Darn, darn. <laughs> Scribbles going, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Jerry, what would your be walking in the heaven song? Probably a song that'll get me kicked out if I make it up there. Probably God of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> of course, kiss. That's surprising, Charles. You didn't pick a fucking kiss song or Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah, P. Diddy. It goes, you know, Guns N' Roses wasn't even your top five bands to listen to forever. I was like, nope. Whoa! Yeah, bumped was, down. You picked six. Oasis over Guns N' Roses? Yeah. Oh God, that's like. Yeah. Well, you know, you go, guy. <laughs> but let's get they have better songs. Hey, man, wait, we got a good topic for a, a BS episode, man. What Al albums we'd be stuck on a desert island? Oh yeah, we need to do our top 
what, 11 Desert Island albums? Yeah, that'd be a good. One. Yeah. Well, it's Charles' turn to pick for the next episode. By the time we probably already have the next episode, but <laughs> get back to me on that, Charles. But, uh, right. oh man, let's get to uh, track number seven. Which I picked. Which you picked? Give me a second, man. That's fucking something oh, about oh, you. By always Boston, By Boston on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
Sorry for interrupting the podcast. I just want to take a second to thank all of you for listening. Please take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. And join the Freeform Rock Podcast community on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Okay, Charles, why did you pick something about you? Oh, man. The song opens with the wonderful Brad Delp sounding distant and longing. And then it launches into that prototypical guitar bliss. The the sound Schultz got on this record should be studied by music students. Another favorite of mine, it is my favorite on the record. And... Well, I mean, this is played a lot again on classic rock. We keep saying it. Not quite as much as some of the other ones. So maybe that's why I love it so much. The guitar solo has a Brian May quality to it a bit. And just again, it's hard to beat this. This is one of the best songs on this diamond to me. Yeah, man. So, Cherry, uh, what do you think about it? Uh, I love the fucking lyrics of this song, man. When I was younger, I thought I could stand on my own. It wasn't easy to love them. I can't really sing while Well, thank it. God you're singing because I yeah. sang twice on this episode but so far. But something about <laughs> the fucking love the singing in this song, man. Um, another fucking great too, man. Great choice, Charles, man. There's really not a bad choice you can pick on this album as your favorite. So, no. yeah. I agree, but this is... That's that's only probably the sleeper song on the album. You're right about that, Charles. Yeah, I'm just saying this... Out of all... There's eight songs on this album, and all of them are great. But this, to me, is the weakest song on the album. But saying that, this album is amazing, and this song is also amazing. It's so overshadowed by the others. Good song. I love it when Brad goes, I got to have you. (laughs) Fucking great fucking song, man. But the, to me, it's the weakest song on the album. No offense, Charles, because I might not know what you know. But let's get to the last song on the album. Jerry, we'll start with you. Let me take you home tonight. Fucking beautiful song. I, the only one really written by Brad, the majority of it anyway. Fucking let me take you home tonight. Mama, now it's all right. Thank you. Just fucking... Just a fucking great tune, man. Just to chill out with your chick, you know what I mean, man. Uh, fucking a beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, again, fucking another masterpiece on that. What a great way to close this, you know, album off, man. Love it. Hey, Charles, you need to sing one more time so you uh, uh, get me and Jerry Supe. Supe. <laughs> sing. Uh, yeah, you need to sing one more time because you sing once. <laughs> me and him both say twice. <laughs> Let me oh. take you home tonight. Come on. I, I didn't. I would have sang something about you. We already skipped that one. You said it was weak. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? There ain't no weak song on this But record. I said saying that out of a great album that this is not. But, I like the, the whole album is amazing and this song is amazing and I love Brad. And I'm saying, but out of all the songs, this is the, this is the weakest song on a great album. It's, there is no weak song, actually. So, I don't right. know. Well, let me just talk about Let Me Take You Home Tonight. The Closer and Hey, It Fucking Rules. Yep. 
This whole album does. Yes. One of those chill out 70s songs, roll up some doobie, lay back a bit with your significant other, however you roll in that sack, and go back to simpler times. Yes, sir. Delph sings this so well, but when didn't he? Another one not worn out by classic rock radio, and perhaps it helps it a lot to me. The playout groove is so damn good. Easily in the running for the greatest debut album ever. You don't like this. I don't think you like rock and roll, period. Oh, or you suck! I haven't said that in a while. Okay. <laughs> or if we ever see it, let each one of us slap you in the face if you've never heard this. Or not like it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm going to let you go last on this one, Jerry, because you picked this album. So... I love this kind of little eels here in and out with the killer organ. Love the slide, the electric piano, great harmonies as always. And it brings it home by speeding it the fuck it up. But he goes, let me take you home tonight. Hi, Brad Delt. Fuck it. I sang three times. Fuck. Nobody's going to fuck it. Fuck. I fucked up. Sorry, guys. All right. Fucking Jerry. What do you think about it? I already talked about it. You did? Yeah. Right. I was the first. All right, we all I, talked about that. That's but I was singing another song. Now I'm not like this. I'm really kind of shy. Okay, I'm done singing. I thought you didn't talk. I thought Charles went first. Oh, yeah. Oh, my bad. I fucked up. This is what Mark does because he drinks too much on podcasts. Yeah. I said it was like, you know, remember, it was probably. I got it. Was it. The, I got it was it. the only song primarily written about, by Brad. Yeah, I, I got it, Jerry. I fucked up. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> blah, blah. Like fucking uh, Alex Lyson at the Rock and Roll Fame. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. All right, man. Let's get to our tracks of the week. That was Boston. The Boston debut. Oh, album. I, I, this is like a perfect fucking album. Like, uh, yes. let's, uh, I think it's a perfect album. Jerry, is this a perfect album, man? If there is such a thing, it's just definitely in the ring. Charles? The cool thing about this album is. Oh, go. I don't, at least I don't know about it. There might be out there. There's no remastered. There's no, you know, hidden extra tracks or whatever of this, of this. Well, there, there are, there are demos out there of this. I know that, but, uh, I mean, they, he's pretty much left it alone. You know what I mean? No fucking new versions of it, extended versions, this and that, blah, 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 blah. It fucking's perfect the way it is, man. You don't even need it. Yeah. So. You don't need. Yeah. You think CBS would like to exploit this album a little bit more because uh, people, these kitties out there today are hearing like Jane on fucking Last of Us and go, or a movie and going, fuck, that song rules. But Charles, what's your synopsis of this album? Best album, perhaps, in the 70s. Even in ACDC or 1970 Black Sabbath? A single album. Mm. Possibly, yeah. Definitely in the running. Definitely. Uh, it definitely is in the running. And all these bands that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame, besides Boston, which is fucking sucks. You guys never will have any credibility. Fuck Rock and Roll fame. So we get to our tracks of the week. What did this album sell, though? We have some certifications on this. Oh, it was massive. It was massive. It still sells. It still sells. Well, it was on the U.S. Top 200 as, two, as number three. 
never went to uh, number uh, one. Proves it don't have to go number one there, Van Hagar fuckers. I know. So it <laughs> yeah. sold 17 million copies in the United States. And it hasn't been recertified because the fans have to pay for the shit or the record companies. It hasn't been recertified in years. So it's probably over. It's probably double diamond by now. So uh, that, that 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 number seems awfully fucking low. Seventeen thousand. It's seventeen but, times platinum, dude. Still, that just sounds for that album. I don't know, man. But I'd do some on that one. But the year in chart charts in nineteen seventy seven, there were five. <laughs> I wonder how big they are overseas, man. Overseas? Well, it had German. It had all the. Know. I don't know. I spent a lot of time overseas, and yeah, you don't hear a lot about them. Right. Well, the peak position in Australia was sixteen, Canada seven, Dutch eleven, Finnish twenty, German four, Japanese twenty four, New Zealand twenty six, Swedish albums sixteen, Swiss albums three, UK number eleven. So it wasn't too bad worldwide. Not bad. Not bad. It's on the list of the best-selling albums in the United States, too. So, Yeah. So, man. So, that was Boston, the debut album, man. Uh, my wife is going to tell you to subscribe. Give us a five-star review. So, but, uh, Jerry, you picked what? Blame, Collective Soul. Why'd you pick that track as your track of the week? Because it's a fucking great tune. Probably my favorite CS song, man. In my opinion, a very underrated band. I know they are a acquired taste. I get that. But I always loved Ed Rowland's voice, man. I think he's grossly underrated as a as a songwriter and a singer. And uh, that's my favorite song by them off the great Discipline Breakdown album. Dude, that's my favorite song is Discipline Breakdown. Dun, 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 dun. I got to play that on this Tuesday. Oh, shit. I love that song. Charles, you picked ELO Alive. And that was from the Xanadu soundtrack, right? Hell yeah. Fucking love it, man. We gotta do some ELO sometime, dude. Dude, I've never done ELO on this podcast. Never. And I've been bitching at the X guy to do ELO forever. Another great 70s band, dude. Fucking John Lennon called him the next Beatles. It was the only time he ever actually christened somebody the next Beatles, so. ELO's amazing. Oh, totally. God. I love that those last two albums of Jeff Lynn, Jeff Lynn's ELO, pretty good. Uh and then I get to mine. I picked Bad Company, Silver, Blue, and Gold. One of the best vocalists Ooh. of all time since we're in the seventies. I had to get some Paul Rogers in here, man. Oh, that's a song I haven't heard all the time. Silver Blue Great. Gold Rules. Yeah. yeah. Hey man, so uh my wife already told you what to do. I still don't know if I can ending for this show should we just say fuck off or love you or whatever no, i always say i always say now rock out with your cock out well yeah you guys can have your own sayings that's a good thing jerry what's your ending i don't fucking know dude i gotta think about that later everyone <laughs> i don't fucking know i gotta think about that that's yeah. a good... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do that maybe on the video i'll be on the video by the way if you want oh you will cool all right man I'm just going to say fuck off.
For the best of rock and heavy metal and some Duran Duran. <laughs> Just joking. Where am I? Tune into thatmetalstation.com every Tuesday night to hear the free form rock show. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, only on thatmetalstation.com. You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artist by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.